to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in three, two, one. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everyone. Hi, we are so happy that you're here with us. It's Amber and Jenna. Hope you've had a wonderful week so far. I wish this was like a two-way conversation and you could be like, hey, hi, what's up? But I guess well, that would be a three-way conversation because that's right, three-way conversation. Or Jenna could channel for you, so that's always an option. Um, <laughs> anyway, today we are talking about pushing against parental pressure, something that Jenna has been really experiencing throughout her life. So I'm going to be basically interviewing you today, right, Jenna? Oh well, I don't know. Maybe it could be a two-way conversation. Yeah, I'll try to throw things in there, some personal experience, but um. I feel like you should take the reins on this one. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Let's see what happens. It's a wild card. Before we dive even deeper into this subject, I'm really proud to announce that this episode's sponsor is the most beautiful CBD wellness brand out there, Cured Nutrition. Cured is providing the best CBD products out there, all Colorado grown in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. And I trust them to make products that I use myself. So really high quality. Yeah, we're both obsessed with this brand and have a huge stock that we're pounding every day and night. So you can take our word for it. This is an epic, epic brand. More on that later. But for now, use our exclusive discount code MLF at checkout for $10 off the first purchase of $50 or more at curednutrition.com. Okay. So Jenna, do you have a definition for us for today's topic? Yes, I do. So this is my definition of pushing against parental pressures. The Bible says, honor thy father and mother. And although compassion and reverence for our elders is helpful, it is possible to get derailed from living our best life possible due to trying to please parents, succumbing to our guilt, or trying to conform to family pressures. Okay. So this is obviously a topic that you have had deep experience with. Well, I don't know if I would say that I I have deep experience because I'm not that close to my family, but I, this is something that I have struggled with. And I've also seen a lot of other people struggle with, and I just see it generally happening. So do you think part of the reason why you're not so close to your parents is because of the pressures you feel from them? Um, that's a very complicated situation as to why I'm not very close to my parents. It's actually very complicated. I, I, and, and I actually feel more guilt attached to my grandparents actually than my actual parents. Um, because I feel like my grandparents sort of formed the sort of voices in my head that normal people's parents would have formed because I, I, I never really felt a very strong connection to my parents. So in my case, it's sort of more my grandparents. And I I love my grandma. So my grandfather is no longer with us, but he's helping us out from the other side. But my grandmother, I still feel inhibited by her 
um, even though I love her and she loves me and it's like such a loving, wonderful relationship, it's in that love that I get derailed basically because I love her so much and I don't want to displease her, you know? Hmm. So for example, like with our, with, you know, Amber and I are writing a fun, sexy novel about relationships. And um, honestly, like there's things that I would want to say in that book, or I might want to go deeper or like, you know, get a little, uh, you know, sexier, for example, but I wouldn't because I would be scared that my grandma would read it. Wow, that is yeah. interesting. And you know, I've talked to my grandma and I said to my grandma, for example, um, you know, Amber and I are writing this book, like I can't wait to show it to you. And she is just silent and she says, Well, don't expect me to like it. But don't you think that's your responsibility to say, I'm interpreting that as her own stuff and it's not gonna stop me from living my life purpose. And doing I think that's right. very it's very easy to say that, but it's harder to feel that. And, um, you know, this is kind of where it comes into objective versus subjective personalities. Now, I think I have a very sort of objective and overly empathic personality. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I think my empathy actually is a very difficult thing in many different aspects, but this is one aspect in which it takes a sort of a difficult turn because I can intellectually say, oh yes, I'm going to not let their, their stuff like bother me or affect me in my life. But the fact is that it does. And it does on a very subconscious level. And I think it has to do with me being sort of objective and empathic person. Now, Amber on, on, I think you're more of a, a subjective person. Like you kind of, and what the difference is, is that, and of course we would be different because we're yin and yang, but like, um, you know, the objective person sort of sees everybody else's perspective as just as valid as their own in a way, like when it comes to them even making decisions about their own life. The subjective person sort of only sees it from their perspective. So it might be easier for you, Amber, to be like, oh, I'm just going to see it from my perspective, whatever. You have your perspective and that's that's fine, you know, and to be able to separate yourself from that. But once people are objective and especially if they're extremely empathic, which means that they're sort of you know, if I upset someone, then I am actually genuinely upset as well as an, as an extreme empath, that that it makes the waters a lot trickier. Mm. Yeah, I guess for me, what works is just simply understanding the concept of perspective and knowing that it's all made up. And so it's like that person chooses that perspective to not want to read your book because they're just assuming they're gonna not going to like it. But it doesn't mean that that's the truth. It just means that because of their own brain and circumstances in life and personality, that's the perspective they're choosing. And it helps me not to take it personally and therefore not react and not let it affect my life when I know that it's made up. Do you know um, what I mean? Uh, yeah, totally. And I can intellectually say that to myself, but it's very hard for me to actually feel it, you know? And that is the difference, I think, sort of between the mind of just sort of being like, I'm going to see it from my own perspective and then also but versus like really feeling the other person's perspective. It's, it's sort of, I think that's maybe where our differences lie on this subject. Um, but, and I think that this is, and I think it's much more common unconsciously to sort of have, uh, a, a 
an experience closer to my mine because I think that a lot of people that I've talked to are sort of editing themselves so as not to displease people, either their parents or their family members or, you know, their church or whatever it is that's that role of authority within their, their life that they feel like they have to, you know, play to that. And it's a very unconscious thing because our relationship with our parents or with our grandparents, that you know, it starts at birth. So a lot of the formations and the psychological like implications get formed far before we have any um, a ability for uh, f- thought that is like, what am I trying to say? Um, yeah, it's like imprinted. Abstract. You know, it's, in it's, it's, yeah, it's imprinted on such a deep level within our psyche that, um, that it's very hard to unpack that psychologically. And, you know, Freud would say this, Freud would say, you know, because Freud thought that there was three parts of our psychology, the ego, which is that which we believe we are and that which we present to our world, our conscious mind. There's our id, our animalistic nature that just sort of wants to like be an animal, you know, but we're, and then there's the super ego, which is society's pressures and expectations on us to not be an animal. And sort of like where the super ego and the ego come together is the ego and that's our conscious mind. Now, according to Freud, and it makes sense to me, um, that our parents or whoever sort of trains us as a little kid actually becomes the voice of our superego. It is our parents' voice or our grandparents' voice or whatever that teaches us, you know, this is how you fit into society. This is how you're supposed to act. This is good. This is bad. And that begins to actually form our psychology. Like it's, it begins to form the voices in our head of this is right and this is wrong. And this is at a very deep level that actually is like the basis and formation of our psychology. So I think, you know, almost everyone out there has had these imprints upon them by their parents or caretakers at a very young age, which has formed their superego, which has formed that which the lens with which they think they need to act in the world. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of people, we're sort of always having that at such a deep level that it's it might not even be noticeable, really. It's just sort of in us. And I think it can affect different people in different ways. And, you know, on the consciousness path, it is time to unpack that, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense because when you're a little baby, you know, up until really about 20, 15, 20, your parents are God. They know all the answers. Mm -hmm. They know the way to do it. You Mm -hmm. observe how they do relationship, what their language is like, their perspective on food. Uh, Everything Mm -hmm. becomes that's just the way it is Mm -hmm. rather than that's the way they do it. Mm -hmm. And there's other options to do or think or be. Absolutely. It makes sense that we then imprint that as our reality and that's just the way it is. Well, and not just that, but a step further is like a a reward system, like this, this pleasing. It's like when we are little kids, it's part of our survival to please our parents. It's part of our survival to make our parents happy or else we get yelled at. We don't feel safe. Like we have to, on a very deep level, please our parents as a little child, you know? And so, and since that happens psychologically at such a young age, it's like, a lot of people, and maybe not Amber, but a lot of people are constantly trying to unconsciously please their parents. Yeah, not me. <laughs> but I think I think that you're right. It is a very common 
it's a very co- common syndrome. Yeah. Um, but isn't that part of the beauty of evolution is getting a different perspective and you reach adulthood and you start uh, lifting the veil and realizing, oh my gosh, life, I'm actually control in control of my life, which means that I can choose my perspective and then form a whole new reality. I mean, you would hope that people discover this at some point rather than just totally. play out negative or positive inherited belief systems their whole life. Totally. And that's part of evolution. But what I find and what's happened to me is that what happens is a can happen is a split in the personality where you're so wanting to please your family. And this is not, I mean, this is so many people that I've talked to. Um, You are one person to your family and to your parents because you want to please them on a very deep psychological level that you can't even understand. And then you're a different person when you're like in the world living your best life, you know, and there's a huge gap between how you act towards your family and how you are in the world. That is very common. I have seen that. And the fascinating thing to me is that I see that played out in grown adults, people who have their own families, their own life established, their own everything. They're not relying on their parents for everything, but because of that deeply imprinted system of needing to keep your parents happy, because Mm -hmm. in my perspective, when my mom's happy, I'm happy and I can relax. There you go. When my mom is feeling balanced and ha- and her life's together, I cannot worry about her. So I'm like, oh, that makes me happy. So I'll do anything to help her be happy. But the interesting thing is once I get the concept that my mom has her own karmic path to walk through and it's it's actually not in service to her for me to try change that course or to mollycoddle her at all. I'm robbing her of opportunities to face herself, evolve and reestablish healthier ways of being. Once I get that, I can separate myself from her experience of life and not feel responsible for it. But once again, that's kind of like a psychological space that I think is far easier to adapt when you're not feel like you're not an empath and you're not feeling Mm -hmm. the discomfort that they're Mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that on a deeper level, that's far harder to sit with and to not feel when it's a physical um, kind of connection and situation Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. more so than psychologically just training yourself to try on a new lens to then dissipate that discomfort with them Mm -hmm. and feeling a responsibility. So I think that you're kind of a unique case because you're so empathic. You're feeling on a physical level. Mm, I don't think... I don't think I'm that unique. I think if you look at like almost a lot of different cultural, I mean, in America and in Australia, it might be a little bit laxer. But if you look at like any traditional cultures, especially Asian cultures, the the, the need to respect the parents is so intense that it, it, I mean, people are not expected to live their own lives, you know, and it's, it's really quite revolutionary to break away from those expectations. So, and I think, you know, you also came from a pretty specific perspective with your upbringing, Amber. And um, so I think that we might come from, from very specific perspectives, but I know that this is something that lots of people do struggle with. Okay. Yeah, I agree on that. And you're right. In other cultures, it's even more extreme and people Mm -hmm. have to, you know, flee the countries and do whatever they have to do to have their own life. Um, So let's talk about, let's talk about how this has showed up. You've, you've explained how your grandparents were a big 
play in this situation? What about your day-to-day growing up with your parents and how this played out? I mean, yeah, it's playing out right now, like with my podcasting and with everything like this, even recording this episode, I'm like, oh God, please don't let my parents listen to this because it's like, it's still like, I feel like I can't be honest. Like I can't say the truth if they're going to hear me because it will hurt them. It'll offend them, whatever, you know, but since I know a lot of people are struggling with this and I'm also struggling with it, which is why I've just decided like, let's discuss it, you know? Um, So what is your greatest fear around being transparent with your parents? Like, this is me. This is how I think. This is how I want to do my life. Like it or lump it. I'm my own human. I'm not you. I understand it all conceptually. What is your biggest fear? Is it rejection? Is it that? It's not not even, I have no fear. It's like, I don't have a fear. I don't, I understand it intellectually. It's not even anything like that. It's a deep psychological hesitation and guilt around um around like upsetting them really you know and i can't even put my finger on it like i said intellectually i'm where you're at you know intellectually i'm there it's just deeper than that so what do you think would upset them about you being totally authentically you without curbing any element of yourself to suit them I think like for my, for my mother, for example, I think it would upset her because I'm, I'm saying that she, you know, that I don't want to please her, that she's causing me to, um, you know, not be myself. Like just, just the truth. The truth is upsetting because to be honest, my parents have not been the greatest parents to be honest. Like I don't fully, like, I don't, really take their feelings into consideration. I don't really care, you know, like to be honest, if I didn't see them anymore, I wouldn't even be upset about that. So that is very probably upsetting to a parent. Like if my children felt about me as a parent, the way I feel about my parents, I would be, I would kill me, you know? Mm. Well, okay. Let's talk about the mirroring concept, for example. Don't you think that the more you start to peel back the facade that you're putting on for your parents, or let's not say facade, because I don't think you're a total split personality, but you do appease them to a certain, okay. All right. Let's say that then. Great. As long as you're not offended by that concept and let's go there. No, but they, they, they forced me into this, you know, because me being me has been so distressing to them, especially my mom. My dad is, is a different situation. It's more my mom. Yeah, but you're playing a role in it as well by choosing to play along with the game. And I want to discuss the idea of the mirroring concept of if you just had radical transparency in your life and just decided, you know, whatever the repercussions are, I'm going to stand in my authentic boots and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm into. This is how I'm going to live my life. And I'm not going to live it for anyone else. Don't you think that is opening up an opportunity for them to be more transparent and authentic because you're standing in that space? I mean, how they act is like honesty and transparency is is just abhorred by them. Like they don't want that. That's too confronting. I think that they would, pro- if I was just honest and open, like they would probably like, I mean, at least my mom would potentially like run away. Like she has many, many times, like just leaves me crying, does not support me in any way and just runs away. So it's like, I don't have a mom anymore, which is fine. But 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 don't you think that playing mirroring her inauthenticity is just perpetuating the game and the game is actually what's destroying you? Like there's an element of it that's really ruling your life. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I am, I am going to be authentic. I'm going to do what I need to do. Just, it's going to be separate of her. Like, I don't think drawing her into that or involving her in that is healthy for my psychology, you know? Hmm. Interesting. So if we're going to flip the script and let's talk about your kids, imagine if your kids felt as though they couldn't be 100% themselves. And because say you're such an empath, they started to withhold how they really felt, what they really wanted to do to protect you. How do you think that would play out in your relationship? Like, don't you think you on a deeper level, subconscious or not, you would want a truer relationship with yes, your children? Yes, but I think, I think I'm very, very different than my mom, you know? So I'm hoping that – because this is an issue that I've been thinking of since they were born. So I am really going to try to break that pattern for my kids. I just think on some level your parents want you to put a stake in the ground and say, I'm more committed to a – transparent relationship where everyone feels real than I am to Molly coddling fears. And they want to break through those fears as well. No, if, if you were to ask my mom, she'd be like, Molly coddle my fears, please, please, please Molly coddle my fears. Yeah. But her higher self isn't saying that her higher self is give me an opportunity to fight for a real relationship with my well, child. I, I feel as though like her higher self has given her many opportunities with the three kids and the ex-husband that she has had to like come into her higher self to like rise up. And she is just let me down every single time. So what's and the I'm solution? Not, it's like to hit your head against the same wall over and over and to expect something different is, um, the definition of insanity. So what's the solution then to this situation where like you just kind of play the game of an inauthentic relationship with your parents? I think, I, I don't know. What I'm saying is I don't need to, I don't, might not need to have a relationship with my parents. And that what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we all have to go forth as our higher selves and do where our heart calls us and go into our, our places of resonance and heal. And sometimes our parents will not be coming with us on those journeys, you know, and that is okay. What I want to say to people is that it's okay. It's okay if your parents don't understand. It's okay if you have to, um, if if you have to reject what they're asking of you or what they want from you, or if you, because they're not willing to evolve, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to go without them and that's okay. And I think a lot of people don't go because they are scared to go without them, but it's sometimes you just have to just get on the train without them, you know, and, and that's okay. One of my favorite people is Lisa Renee and, um, she is an amazing Ascension guide. But one of the things that she said is that, you know, a lot of so many people in this world, if not the majority have pain connected to their parents, their parents not being good enough, their parents not being there for them, their parents not supporting them. It's like almost every single person. And, um, you know, for a lot, a lot of us, we're, we're trying to make up for that our entire lives in different ways and different whatever, however it manifests for us. But what Lisa Renee says is that it's important to understand that our parents in this life, they're not our parents. They're not our universal parents. They're people that we're on, they're sort of equals that we're on a soul journey with right now to um, give us the elements in our need, 
in our life that we need to evolve. And we need to understand that those are actually not our parents. Our parents are Mama Earth, Father Sky, Father Time and Mama Earth. There's there's bigger forces, which are more so our universal parents that are there for us that will never let us down. And to connect with that and to, to say that that is, that is our true parent, you know, and that whoever is our playing the role of our mom or dad in this life is, is really not, um, is really not. So yeah, maybe that could be helpful to some people. Okay. I respect that opinion. And it's great to be like so transparent about that opinion because I think that's a really radical idea that you can just walk away from, you know, that role of the parent in your life. And there are other options. I do want to challenge that slightly though, because as a parent yourself, don't you think that your children chose you and you do have a soul contract and there's a reason why they chose you and that to turn your back on the dynamics in the family is missing out on a chance for you to evolve? No, I don't. Because I think if I were at this point in my evolution to be so nearsighted and so blind as to not be able to to really support my children um, in a way that makes them feel comfortable and it makes them feel truly supported in their soul mission. If at my point, if at my if I could not do that, I think them turning their back on me would be the greatest thing for my evolution because I don't want they, I don't want them like molly coddling me in a way because that's just going to stagnate me in my evolution. Like if I were to play up to my mom's like whatever projections of reality, then she would stay in them, you know? But if I'm going to walk away and be like, that doesn't work for me, this doesn't work for me, that might be a greater catalyst for her evolution, you know? Like I have to follow my heart. If my children are following their hearts away from me, that is something I need to look at within myself. Got it. And are you, is that on the cards for you? What? Walking away, just like leaving, leaving your parents because you feel like away. I've walked away from my parents multiple times in my life. Like there is time, I didn't speak to my father for 10 years. I didn't speak to my mother for a couple times for like at least two to five years here and there. So there's been many times where I've had to walk away and it's been some of the greatest things for my evolution. And you don't think that there's been any breakthrough has come from you taking a stance? Have you Mm, had transparent conversations as to why you needed to walk away? Mm, Not really. So, but don't you think you have a responsibility to? No, I don't. Because I think like you said, everybody's walking their own path. It is not my job to, I've, by me, you know, just doing, following my heart, like hopefully that will be enough because I cannot live my life for teaching them, you know? Yeah, totally. But you can be transparent with them and say, this doesn't work for me and give them an opportunity to be like, okay, I'm more committed to having a daughter in my life than to being sheltered in my little protective bubble. So how, it, takes what can- two, it takes two to have a conversation, you know, like, I don't think there's been times where I've said, for example, to my mom, like, do you want to go to therapy? My mom's a therapist. Do you want to go to therapy and discuss like our issues? And she says, no, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to. It takes, it takes two. Yeah, got it. Hmm. Wow, such a such a fascinating situation. It's hard for me to relate because I've always been had such a uh, non um, an unconventional dynamic with my parents. You know how you have 
friend dynamics than parent-child dynamic than parent-parent dynamic. It's always been like friend-friend dynamic with my parents. They've never really filled the shoes of like parental guidance. So I've never felt the need to kind of trans, I I don't know, morph myself into what Mm -hmm. their projections are. They don't really have any projections. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's very, very helpful, you know, to, to your evolution. And that's one thing that your parents did give you. I mean, everyone is gets stuff and does everyone gets like screwed up and gets good things from their parents, you know. Totally. So, and there like- are pros and cons. There's a pro there's pros and cons to every type of dynamic you can have between children and parents. And you know, with yeah, go ahead. Were you gonna finish that I, sentence? No, I was just gonna say I'm also a very firm believer that there are opportunities to evolve and they are most usually the most uncomfortable situations. And I believe like we are, we're called into this life through our parents for a reason and we shouldn't walk away from the uncomfortable times. We should rather work out ways to invite everyone into a space of transforming. So we, I kind of feel like we are all together to play this game of healing and evolving and to walk away from it, maybe doing yourself and them a big disservice. But I I don't think so. I think it really depends on the situation. I think that there could be very unhealthy family dynamics that are like that the the this evolution there is to walk away. Yeah, you know maybe. I mean? Yeah, maybe you're and, right. There are extreme think, cases where and, it's and, like Yeah. And it's not even necessarily extreme. I think it's like it definitely happens. And you know, one thing I really love about your mom, you know, is that she's very willing to accept her faults and to see that about herself, you know, and that makes it a lot easier when you're trying to have those evolutionary conversations. You know, if somebody just doesn't want to see what they're doing wrong. It's like, you, it's just like hitting your head against the same wall. You know, it's like, imagine if your mom was like trying to have these expectations of you and like, you know, she wanted you to be like her, like she really wanted you to be like her. And if you weren't like her, she was hurt by that, you know, yeah, that would it, not be healthy for you. That's true. And speaking about opportunities everywhere to evolve and knowing when it's not in resonance with you and knowing when it is and what's going to actually serve your evolution, this is a perfect segue to introduce this episode's sponsor, Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition is a CBD brand that is presenting a whole new world of possibilities in the field of wellness. Yes. And I am, as an anxiety sufferer, based on all these things we've been talking about, um, I really think that CBD is such an amazing addition to my day. In the morning, I wake up, I have a little CBD, uh, you know, adaptogenic capsule. And the evening, I have one that's for, for the nighttime to relax. And it just really punctuates my day beautifully. And if you're worried about jumping through legal hoops to get your hands on your own cured nutrition products, don't be. These products are THC free, which is the ingredient, the active ingredient in marijuana and shipped to all 50 states. So you can find my favorite products, the Zen capsules and the CBD infused cinnamon and honey, which is so genius. Of course, you're going to infuse medicine into this delicious concoction. You can find all of that at curednutrition.com. That's curednutrition.com in my little American accent. From hemp oils to CBD dog treats to CBD-infused cookie dough for on-the-go, there are delicious options for everybody over at Cured Nutrition. 
And now exclusively for our listeners, Cured is offering a discount code MLF at checkout for $10 off the first purchase of $50 or more. That's curednutrition.com. Basically what I'm hearing, which you're actually bringing me around to, is that we don't necessarily have to stay in relationships, whether they're your parents, whether they're love relationships or friendships, that you don't feel are serving you, no matter how deep the roots run. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that, but I do have a part of me that feels as though the parental child relationships are a little more special than love relationships and whatever it must be. Oh, yeah, definitely love relationships. Yeah, that there's something deeper in a soul contract. There's a reason why we chose them to come through. So, mm-hmm. so in that, this is where your perspective is stepping in as creating boundaries for your life to protect yeah. your exactly. health, wellness, family, exactly. your authentic mission, what you're wanting to do in the world, how you're wanting to live your life without the kind of debris of managing other people's intense um, exactly. interference or exactly. perspectives or, okay, cool. Now, now I'm, I'm starting to understand the two options here. The only thing I want to offer is that we all have a responsibility to process stimuli in a way where we are left being the most empowered version of ourselves. Yes. So there's no room for kind of like blame or there's no, no room for playing the victim or anything like that. It's more so an opportunity to really drop into what resonates and supports your life, being fully authentic on your mission, as grounded and happy and whole as possible, and then what doesn't. And I would suggest if someone does have this current situation, first holding out your hand and saying, hey, we've been playing this game for a long time. It's not serving either of us. Take my hand. This is an invitation to evolve past these things and heal whatever traumas are being played out here and to rewrite our story to support each other, both feeling empowered, seen, and truly loved. And if that invitation isn't accepted after you know mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. times, and it's affecting your life, then take on Jenna's perspective where you're you're putting in some boundaries and you're not afraid to continue on without that role mm-hmm. of, you know, the parent-child role. Like don't don't feel obliged to continue to play it out for exactly. the rest of your life. I think that's great, great advice. Hmm. I fully wow. agree. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty serious and deep topic this one because there is so I mean there's not just you know the obvious ties in this lifetime like the social and psychological emotional conditioning you have with your parents but there are those karmic ties and yeah. it can that's part of feeling like you can't walk away from your parents and Absolutely and some of those karmic ties could not be good you know like I I'm not we could have chosen these parents to really teach us the lesson of, you know, whatever the karma is with us and our parents, it's not like it necessarily is all good with the the humans who are incarnated as our parents in this life, you know? Mm -hmm. And are you able to have some sense of compassion and empathy for the brokenness in which your parents are acting from and (laughs) trying to control you from? The problem is I have too much compassion for that. I have too much compassion. I have so much compassion and empathy for that, that I let it affect me negatively. 
You know? So what do you think is the root driver of your parents wanting to contort you to kind of keep their reality safe? I think that I think that their their realities are very fragile. Their their realities and their egos are very fragile. And that they've been living like with in these fragile ways, kind of sweeping things under the rug for so long that it's like just this tip of the iceberg thing that if I really make them get down to it, it's going to kill them, literally. Like they are not going to be able to withstand the truth of it. So it's just like I either have to sort of play at the tip of the iceberg or nothing with them, which is not how I roll. But don't surely they can feel you being like withholding from them? Yeah, but they probably I don't know how they intellectualize that through their own reality perspective, but it's not in a it's not a full understanding of the situation, I'll tell you that. It's hmm. like they would blame that on me. They wouldn't take that upon themselves in any kind of way. Hmm. So ambiguous. Yeah. And I guess like just my message is like, it's okay to have boundaries with your parents. You know, it is okay. It's like, it's, it, even though society might tell you it's not, it is. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. No, it is. It, it's not just okay. It's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. And as an, an adult who's awakening to the fact that you get to weave your story and you can rewrite your story. And it's not just about playing out what your parents passed down to you. It's almost imperative to whether, how, however nuanced that is, however big or small those boundaries need to be, it's imperative to start creating those boundaries in your life to protect how mm-hmm. you're wanting to raise your family and mm-hmm. live your life and influence your children. Mm-hmm. So, and it's yeah. most likely that our parents, being that they are of a, d- a different generation, they were born at an earlier time. They're not necessarily going to be on the train of ascension, of evolution, of all the things that that we care about on this podcast, you know. And you know, Amber, I'm just thinking of your mother-in-law, who I got some amazing time to spend with her this weekend, and she's so on this train, you know. And of course, so I just want to say, of course, there's exceptions, you know. There's those incredible jewel gems of parents, which might very well be in the know and might just totally be supportive of our paths. And so, of course, that is a thing too, but it's just not as common, you know. Yeah, I I really lucked out there. I I do want to offer our audience a perspective of, I know that you, you know, because you're an empath, you feel as though too much empathy and compassion can cripple you in a way, but for the average person, and I'm just speaking from personal experience here, it really helped dissolve taking things personally, which would create distance and angst and frustration and feeling misunderstood from my parents and really created this divide, unhealthy divide. What really helped me move away from that is to take away the parental label and see them as these little boys and little boy and a little girl who are still trying to work life out and who are doing the best they can. We are all doing the best we can and that we all have these wounds (laughs) a lot of the time inherited from our parents. So their parents, our grandparents and so on that they don't have the tools or resources or understanding of how to heal that. And when I open my heart and see them as these, these little boys and girls who are just in a grown up body, it really softens whatever 
angst I have around my dynamic with them and helps me just be compassionate and loving more so than, you know, pushing against them and taking things personally. So I encourage people to to try that on. I think that's a wonderful perspective. I, I do. I think having compassion, seeing your mom and dad as a little kid and, and having compassion for them is really wonderful and healing and, and at the heart of it. Um, you know, but they, it's also important to understand just like we are, we're held to the standards of being adults, you know, and we're expected to, to be adults. And, and so it's like they're grown up and it's not like you have to hold their hands through everything either. You know, no, that's not saying you have to hold a hand. Having compassion for someone is for your own benefit because you are dissolving the anger, the frustration, the hurt, the angst, which comes with taking things personally. If you have a divide between you and your parents, that doesn't, I'm not saying hold their hand. Yeah. That is not serving them. That's not serving you. It's creating a healthy separation where you just change your perspective where it dissolves any like emotional blockages within you because opening your heart and having compassion helps dissolve that and not doing that can hold on to frustration and anger and hurt for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And that can manifest as disease as we know. So I'm just thinking of healthy ways to deal with um, these very common dynamics between Mm -hmm. between children and parents. Totally. And um, yeah, just be kind as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Beautiful. Well, is there anything else, Jenna, that you feel as though we didn't cover that's an important point on this topic that may help listeners move through this type of scenario? Mm, I think just remembering that our real parents are Mama Earth, Father Sky, that these parents that we have in this life are just – you know, it's a test and it's a lesson in whatever ways that that manifests. And um, just having that perspective, having healthy boundaries, not feeling bad about that, rejecting guilt when it comes to your family, because I know that's another major issue that people deal with is just guilt, especially Jews and Catholics. I'm Jewish, so that's why I'm allowed to say that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think we covered it. Okay. And I just want to wrap up on one point that I'm feeling called to share, which is if if you feel called to take a page out of my book and be ruthlessly, authentically who you are and in a graceful way. And when you stand in that place of not being threatened by other people's perspectives on you, it's an invitation for them to be ruthlessly transparent and authentic. And in that place exists a whole new opportunity for a different dynamic, a different relationship and being truly seen for who you are. And so don't be afraid to move beyond the the dynamics that you may have created throughout your entire life and put a fork in the ground and say, you know what, I'm going to invite you into, I'm going to invite you into a space of really knowing who I am. And, you know, this may not gel with who you think I am, but this is me now. And that's an opportunity for them to reveal them, their true selves to you as well. So don't be afraid to be fully authentic. So yeah, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for being with us today and thanks for diving deep as usual. And we really hope that this episode has inspired some goodness and healing in your life that you can take your parents with you on that train and, um, or not, or not feel bad about not taking them. Yes. There we go. This is what I love about our conversations, Jenna, is that I feel as though we cover all people's perspectives because we have had such different experiences of life and different realities on things sometimes, Mm -hmm. which is brilliant because no reality is ever the truth and the reality. Mm -hmm. So whatever your situation is, it is perfect. We just encourage you to live your best life ever and, and bring those people with you. Or maybe it's not the right thing to bring them with you. And everyone has to get on the train. Everyone has to get on the train for themselves. You cannot drag anybody onto the train. That's right. I've tried. It doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good note to end on. So we have an invitation. Jenna, do you want to, do you want to serve this one out? Sure. Next time you feel yourself blindly making choices uh, for your life based on the expectations or pressures from your parents or grandparents or family members, Take a, take a breath, stop, ask yourself, is this in service to me living my most authentic life? If not, change course accordingly. <laughs> Full stop, period. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. I'm taking that on. Me too. So thank you. <laughs> and, and please, if you have an experience with this subject that you're feeling called to share, DM us, send us an email. We love hearing from everyone in your own experiences. We're all on this train together and we hope that this inspired you in the most positive way possible. And if it did, please subscribe on iTunes as to not miss an episode each week. Leave us a review, share this episode to spread the love. And that's it for today. Have an awesome week and we will feel you with us next week. Good luck out there, guys. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Good luck in the world of forces, as Jenna says. 